Hello, beautiful people. Happy September 24th. I am coming to you from a truck stop parking lot, but I dug out my reading book. And I'm going to try to get us back on track now that it's not big long days with quick short visits. So CC Colton says, the firmest friendships have been found in mutual adversity, as iron is the most strongly united by the fiercest flame. No one is immune from addiction or its effects, neither young nor old, rich nor poor, black or white, or yellow or brown. Addiction is an equal opportunity disease. So our fellowship attracts all kinds of people. This doesn't mean we'll like everyone who walks through the door, but all of us, because we did walk through the door, have a common bond. All of us face the seemingly impossible task of turning away from an active addiction. And all of us chose recovery over death. We all suffered losses we thought we'd never recover from. But in these rooms, with the help of each other and our higher power, we do recover. All of us have struggled to combat self-hatred, shame, and crippling guilt. We still struggle even today, but we fight the battle with help from each other. Our bond is one of suffering and hope, a spiritual link that is strong enough to carry us for the rest of our lives in recovery. As different as we all are, our fellowship makes us one. Today, help me be grateful for my recovery and the fellowship that has brought me to this place. The timing of this couldn't be any more interesting. We had someone in our group go back out and we were talking, I just got off the phone with my counselor a little while ago. We were talking about how I'm so black and white sometimes. I'm like, come on, like, you knew you were going to go out and, you know, we've been here before. Like, I'm a little bit more rigid sometimes in how I view recovery and moving forward. And, you know, like not relapsing or it doesn't come from a place of judgment. I guess it comes from a place of frustration. Like, come on, like, you know that there's a better life, especially with people who have gotten to the other side and started living a little bit better life for a while. And then they go back. I really struggle with that. And we were talking about it. And this morning in our group chat, they were talking about why, I guess there was a question. I didn't go to group last night, but I guess there was a question about why do we come back after we gamble? And the answer one of the fellows gave was fellowship. And I think that that's what this reading is trying to say is, well, it says that, sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm out of practice. See what happens? It starts off by saying, you know, like that the disease doesn't discriminate. Addiction doesn't discriminate. It's an opportunity, equal opportunity disease. But it then goes into, so our fellowship attracts all kinds of people. And yeah, we're all different, but because we walk through the same door, we have that common bond. It also says, and this is, I guess, part of where my struggle comes in, all of us have faced the seemingly impossible task of turning away from active addiction, and all of us chose recovery over death. That's where I struggle. It was like, people know. Like, like guys, could you imagine if I went out and bet? I just got done driving by this big old freaking casino about 10 miles back, and it was really funny because... There's billboards. I've been kind of mindfully counting the billboards on my trip. And there has been some, but not like this last, you know, 10 miles leading up to this casino. There was one every couple of feet. And then I see this huge building under construction. And then behind it is the casino. So they're building like a new hotel and all that stuff. I'm kind of like chuckling to myself, like, yep, they didn't just find money to build this hotel. It just goes to show you it's so obvious who wins when you go gamble. So I'll be honest, I thought about like, hmm, I can go in there. Nobody would know. 
I mean, I would know. But I go in there and I would know. And I actually thought about seeing what it, like, I know how we react when some people in the group relapse, but I was kind of curious to start some dialogue if I went and told them that I stopped at this casino, more so to get some conversation going and really thinking about it and remind them that it can happen to anyone. Because it honestly, guys, it could have happened to me. I could have went in there today. If I was not in the frame of mind that I choose to be in today, it would have been so easy to go through there. I mean, it was a little bit stressful in Connecticut. You know, there's stuff going on. Could have used that as an excuse. Could have used the hurricane that I was evidently driving partially through yesterday as an excuse or fatigue as an excuse or whatever. But I know, like, I feel like I know better. I'm positioned to deal with my emotions and my feelings in a different way than before, which is part of why I feel like I'm strong enough to drive by. But let's say I wasn't. Let's say that I went in. I mean, is your perception of me who has now like based her life on her recovery, if I went to the casino, would it be different than someone who goes back? I think it would. I think it would. I think it would diminish hope or, yeah, hope that it can be done. Or I think it would make me lose credibility with you. Like, I need to not gamble. And this is why I thank you all the time. I need to not gamble, in my mind, to be a voice on that gambling. It's a very black and white thing for me. So, I don't know. I'm having random thoughts today. Can you tell? I guess the casino. Isn't it interesting? Here, Here's another point, right? I drive by all these billboards. I drive by this casino. I have these thoughts. And what do I do? I pull over to the first truck stop I see and I break out my recovery book and I have a conversation with you. Do you see like that's how I choose to deal with not gambling today? But it doesn't have to be that way. I could have just kept on cruising and then the rest of my my ride been thinking about the casino and then the next one I pass, maybe it's easier to pull in. I mean, obviously I don't want that to happen, but it could. It could. I have to be mindful that it could. I don't think it will because this is how I react. But the days I start stepping away from my behaviors that keep me protected, you know, like I keep my wall of armor up by by talking to you, by being committed, by doing my readings, by being transparent. I mean, I just got a text a little while ago from my friend who I walk with every day who heard me ramble on about this alcohol decision as much as you guys did. And she's like, well, what's the answer? Did you drink? And she's, you know, someone who, um, you know, still drinks alcohol, still my friend. And she just knew I was so, it was such a heavy decision for me. And then when I got in this situation, I didn't drink and it wasn't a heavy, as heavy of a decision. I took away its power in the moment. And I really discovered that no matter where I am, who I'm with, what the situation is, I'm going to have a good time. Even if it's someone I used to drink with, that's what's kind of mind blowing. And you could do the same thing with people you used to gamble with. And, you know, in some cases, maybe not everyone. And I I choose to believe that part of it is the people I surround myself and the other part is the work I choose to do. You know, hey, yeah, I'm on nine months, no drinking. And even my drinking people, oh, that's awesome. You know, good job, blah, blah, blah. Now, some of it might've been because I was an asshole when I was drinking. And some of it might be just genuine pride. I choose to think it's genuine pride. (laughs) I know, I get hung up. There's certain things that I'm very passionate about. I think you can probably tell. So back to the reading, I guess, it calls out that we've all struggled to combat self-hatred, shame, and crippling guilt. We still struggle, even today, but we help to fight the battle from help from each other. Again, it's just what I said. You guys are here for me. My group is here for me. GA is here for me. My friends in the program, no matter where they are, are there for me. 
I'd like to think that if I called where I went for rehab, they would be there for me. I mean, they said, you know, we should call. And I did check in with my counselors for probably the first year after I left. Then their staffing changed and whatever. But it's accountability. But it's also knowing that we're around those like-minded people, no matter, you know, I love this, young, old, rich, poor, whatever nationality. It's true. We're connected. Whether we want to be or not, we have this in common. And it's actually a gift. It's a gift to have different people from different walks of life and different experiences come together. I mean, did it suck that we lost Oscar this year? Absolutely. And when we were at his service, you know, Oscar was a 70-year-old black man, but you wouldn't have known who was buried by who was in the audience. It wasn't an all-black audience. It wasn't an all-white audience. It was just a, it was a memory and a tribute to Oscar, colored in a matter. He was a gambler. He was a recovery coach. You know, he was so many things that all this other stuff doesn't matter. We have this in common, guys, and and together we're stronger. That's kind of the moral of the story. Today, help me be grateful for my recovery and the fellowship that it has brought me to this place. And I am grateful. I am so grateful that I went on a walk at six o'clock this morning instead of getting up to, I didn't even know this casino existed on my ride, right? Like I would have if I was still gambling. I would have looked it up. I would have been there. Nobody would have known about it. Of course, I wouldn't be on this trip because I wouldn't have this life, because I wouldn't have this opportunity, because I wouldn't have this time, because I wouldn't have this, the way my brain works today. I wouldn't have had the courage, you know, to take a trip like this and just take care of myself. And that's what I'm doing on this trip. I mean, honestly, selfishly, yeah, I'm getting to see a lot of my friends and I'm nurturing my friendships and I'm, I'm giving myself the gift of getting to visit everyone. And maybe there's some entitlement because my vacations got canceled this year. Maybe I'm, you know, putting myself kind of away from everybody so I could do my studying and everything in the car, all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, I'm doing this trip because I'm taking care of myself. I'm putting the energy into my recovery, keeping my connection strong. You know, I'm going to see GA people from Kansas City when I get to Kansas City. No doubt in my mind. I've been gone from Kansas City for almost four years. Why am I talking to them? I got GA in New York. It's because it's important. We're all in this together and we need each other. And that's okay. So that is my short and sweet rant for today. I am going to, because I... I am recording this on my iPhone and hopefully the quality is good enough that you tolerate me. I hope you know it's because I care and I think that the message is more important than the the quality, the air quality, to be honest, or the sound quality. Audio, that's it. Not air, audio. So that's why I'm going to keep trying to show up for you guys and show up for myself. So thanks for being here, beautiful people. I hope that you have a wonderful, I think it's Thursday, but this might publish Friday. I don't know. I'm going to ask my people for help so that you can have the music and because I pressed pause and it's now in two different episodes and it's all this technical stuff that you really don't care about but you know that I'm transparent and just trying to tell you everything so there's another part of everything <laughs> all right beautiful people have a great day